0: Welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James K. Hello, buddy. Bonjour. Are uh, you well? I know, look, we've literally just spoke about an hour ago. This is not another day, but you well?
1: We've spoken out, we've speaking, what? We've been speaking, yeah, I'm well. I'm very good. It takes <laughs> this is another episode. It takes us to actually recording a person where we yeah. record four in a row. Yeah. There's only two, so it's only half of that.
0: <laughs> yes, for, for everyone else, this is what uh, day. It's now Friday. Friday. It's Friday. It's a couple of days from when we just spoke. Doing Caligula. Although it's literally been ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Um Yes. We've no idea what's happening today on Friday. The world might have ended by now. We've no idea. But I might be in tier two. I'm touching all the wood. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully you're in tier two. Essex currently is now in tier three. Uh, everything's pretty much shut all bars and restaurants and whatnot you can only get takeaway except for my mm. place of work which is still open for reasons unfathomable to myself um yeah and yeah um i don't know what else might have happened by friday i'm assuming it's all okay
1: oh um, if the world exploded i wouldn't be surprised
0: but at least this episode will have gone out so it's fine
1: yeah, listen to this as you die. That's the way to go. <laughs> uh, now,
0: as explained at the end of last week, last week's last episode, uh, this is going to be a little mini-sode. It will be a shorter than the rest. Um, it's just to get us into the Christmas spirit a bit more. I realised as we were getting into December, we've just had, um, uh, we just had Rosa Parks, we've just had Caligula. I was thinking, where's the Christmassy stuff? You know, we've had no Christmas Christmassy things. stuff. Where is the Christmas? We need some Christmas. It's currently the 15th as of time recording. uh, And on Friday, which is today, when it goes out, it will be the 18th, which means Christmas is in like six days. So we need to get some Christmas. We need to get some Christmas done. My Christmas shopping is all done. Um, I'm all good. Are you done? Mine's all
1: ordered. It has not arrived.
0: (laughs) Is that what you were saying? Royal Mail was in a shitstorm.
1: Royal Mail is not doing me favors. Something was supposed to arrive on the 8th and it still isn't here.
0: <laughs> I unfortunately so. have done most of my Christmas shopping through Amazon. Uh, unfortunately, I have fed the dragon that is Jeff Bezos. But this is the thing.
1: Amazon Prime is great because even it, it will arrive the next day. Just easy.
0: Oh yeah, because it's got... I'm not joking, James. The south part of Essex on the, on the Thames Estuary is just full of Amazon factories with people working for mm. pittance and it's just full of shit. And so when people go, I'll have that, they go, you can have it tomorrow if you want, because we've just got fuck loads of it. Um,
1: yeah, I'm the same. Amazon Prime, is just fantastic. It's the best subscription I have. And I know Amazon's a bad company, but fuck it. I'm a vegan. That's how I help the world. <laughs> I'm going to order from Amazon. <laughs> um, yeah, I,
0: I saw a post saying if Jeff Bezos could give a billion pounds to every single person in the world, that would only be seven billion out of his net worth. Um, and you mean it mean, a million No, a billion. One billion? Yeah, if Jeff Bezos gave every single person in the world a billion, then uh, apparently poverty would be eradicated, and they didn't seem to understand. He doesn't have that much money. Well, I think he might. I think he's got a lot more than we think. Um, I think he's only got 150 billion, doesn't he? Only, he says. Even 7 billion out of 150 is not too bad, I'll say. But then it was like someone hasn't quite understood the fact that if everyone then had a billion pounds the price of bread would be like a million pounds. Yeah. Because that's just how it happens. That's how it happens. As, as things... That's what happened in Germany. Yeah.
1: They, uh, was it after World War I or was it after World War II? I forget. Just after just World War I. You, you get inflation you of prices. You could go for a meal and like look at the menu and be like, I'll have that. And by the time you come to pay at the end of the meal, it would be more expensive.
0: Yeah. You'd be like, oh, eat out to help out. Yeah, let's go. And then the bill still comes through as 30 million quid. You're like,
1: what? Yeah. Anyway. Mental.
0: So I thought uh, for this episode, we'll have a little bit of fun. Um, We'll do a Christmas mini-sode. So uh, we will talk about things like um, Santa's basically around the world. So let's just crack on with it, shall we? Um, In the modern day Western world, Father Christmas or Saint Nicholas or Santa is a jolly old fat man wearing a bright red suit who is checking his list of all the naughty and nice children. In fact, he's checking it twice to not make a mistake. Now the nice children are going to get a lovely gift filling in their stocking make, um, that, uh, that's made by the worker elves that he has in his employ. Now the naughty kids, they won't be getting any presents. In fact, they'll get a lump of coal in their stocking, which can be seen as a present if your fireplace is dying down. But what about other cultures around the world and in history? What tales and myths do they have about Christmas? Well, with the help of a typical online list, I've compiled my own list of Christmas traditions uh, and tales around the world, which are absolutely crazy. So just let's get into it. Let's go straight into the first one, which is called The Evil Butcher in the Woods. You're probably thinking, how's that Christmassy?
1: Yeah, a butcher in the woods. Yeah,
0: well, you'll find out uh, Christmas is going to come to this butcher.
1: Now, this is actually
0: a popular story in France for reasons. Uh, One day, three small children were working in the fields and hand-picking bits for the harvest. When they had finished their work, they continued to play in the fields and eventually made their way into the forest. They were having such a good time that they lost track of all time and it was getting dark, so time to head back home. But they soon realised that they were lost. Wandering the woods in the dark, trying to find their way home, they spotted some lights in the distance. The three children ran to the lights, which happened to be a butcher's house deep in the woods. They knock on the door, and a big man with a bloody red apron opens the door. Hello, please can you help us? We are lost and can't find our way home, the children say. Now the butcher welcomes them into his home. It's cold outside, and the children look hungry, so he feeds them and warms them by the fire. When the children are full and feeling sleepy, the butcher slits their throats and drains their blood. The children are then chopped up into small bits and placed in a salting barrel. Now several years later, jolly old Saint Nicholas is wandering the woods, presumably on a break, and comes to the home of the butcher. The butcher welcomes the saint and offers him his best meats to impress the holy man. When presented with the meat, Saint Nick asks to see his salted meats from years ago. The saint goes to a barrel which is full of chopped up remains of three children and raises them all from the dead and sends them back to their families. Saint Nicholas, as a way of making the butcher atone for his sins, makes him his servant known as Father Whipper, who is basically the bad cop to Santa's good cop. And that's the end of that little tale.
1: Where does that stem from again?
0: Uh, this is very popular in France, uh, particularly right. in the Middle Ages. Uh, however, I think the right. origins of the story uh, come from, I think, around the Greek area in the Middle East, where Saint Nicholas was a real person before he became Father Christmas. So it's Saint Nicholas goes to a butcher who has murdered three children and he raises right. them from the dead and sends them back home. And now, obviously, that story has been retold and retold and retold. And now, apparently, it's Father Christmas as well.
1: Well, that's a lovely story yeah. of children being massacred. Yeah. I
0: I thought that Jesus was the only person who could raise people from the dead.
1: I think Father Christmas has more power than Jesus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he is more powerful. But, yeah, apparently, St. Nicholas can also raise children from the dead. And I believe it's from this story that uh, St. Nicholas becomes the patron saint of children and like caring for children.
1: But that would be so difficult to explain to like a kid who has perhaps lost a sibling or something who wants St. Nicholas to raise their brother or sister or whatever from the dead for Christmas and then it just doesn't happen. How do you explain that to them? Um That Father Christmas just said no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point.
0: <laughs> what do you want for Christmas, Johnny? All I want is Alice to come back from the dead.
1: <laughs> because that's what the stories tell me he can do, so yeah. why can't he do it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, he's just so busy this year reanimating all the other children.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so messed. Yeah, there's a massive hole there.
0: It, th- yeah, there's a lot of plot holes in there, yes. Uh, <laughs> so the children just were raised from the dead and sent home after several years, and the parents were like, where have you been? You won't believe it, mum.
1: <laughs> you will not believe yeah. where I've been. I got massacred, and for some reason he kept the, my remains for how many years? Yeah,
0: and, and Santa didn't kill the man that killed me. No, he's just made him his little bitch.
1: Mm. Very interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's a little popular story in France. I'm not sure if it's still popular today, but it was uh, in the medieval times. Uh, and And towards the end, I'll ask you, like, there is a theme to a lot of these stories. Not all of them, but there is a theme that you'll see to a lot of them. So maybe, like, keep your ears pricked for it. Um, and at the end, I'll ask if you could spot the theme, um, and then um, right, okay. we'll go into that a little bit more. Now, the next story is the Nutcracker. Do you know anything about the Nutcracker?
1: It used to be a family tradition of mine to go and see the Nutcracker ballet every year. Oh, is it at Christmas? Oh, really? So you you, yeah. you know it. I know. I, I know the story of the Nutcracker. Yeah, okay. we haven't been for well over a decade, but
0: yeah. Our family tradition was to go to see the pantomime every Christmas Eve until. Mm. Uh, the local theatre that we used to go to closed down so we stopped doing it um, oh that's interesting I had no idea about the Nutcracker I've heard of it but I didn't know what it was uh, I didn't even know what a Nutcracker was it's you know those little have you never seen one no I've never well oh, I've seen one now I believe it's it's the little toy soldiers with the mouths and you put the nut in the mouth yeah, and yeah, that yeah. cracks it That's the nut. The Nutcracker yeah. is the toy soldier um, uh-huh. but I'd never heard I, did, I didn't know the story literally until this morning when I wrote this episode <laughs> so um, no way yeah uh, I'm aware it's a famous ballet now, um, but the old story, yep. uh, so James, you'll be aware, but for the listeners who don't know, it is it comes from Prussia, which is a, an area in Germany. So, uh, little Marie receives a present for Christmas, a nutcracker. She adores the gift with its painted soldier's uniform and hat. Unfortunately, her brother breaks the nutcracker's nutcracker by trying to crack an especially large nut. Upset? Marie ties the mouth back together with a ribbon from her dress until her father can fix it. Her father is a clockmaker. Now that night, Marie sneaks downstairs to see her beloved nutcracker. But when the clock strikes midnight, Marie begins to shrink to the size of the nutcracker and swarms of rats come into the house led by the seven-headed rat king, which is weird. Now, luckily... All of Marie's dolls spring to life and defend Marie fighting the rats. A full-on battle for the living room ensues. And it looks as though the rats have the upper hand until Marie throws her slipper at the seven-headed rat king, distracting him long enough for the nutcracker to kill him, ending the war. Now Marie then falls unconscious. And when she wakes up, she's back to full size sees the room as a mess and is surrounded by seven tiny crowns. Years later, Marie professes her love for the Nutcracker doll and that night she again finds herself shrunken down where she spends the rest of her days with the Nutcracker.
1: Yeah, it all rings a bell. I used to have a pop-up book of it as well. Did she? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think in, I don't think in the ballet of the book that ending happens. I don't think she spends her day shrunk, but I forget.
0: Yeah, no, as far as I'm aware, she's like... I mean, she's a little girl. I don't know how little she is. I imagine in the ballet she's significantly older.
1: Uh, I think, yeah, she's a young girl, but not like young, young.
0: But yeah, for some reason she's like, do you know what? Fuck this real-life shit. I'm going to live with a doll and make it my husband. Yeah. And the rest of her life, she lives <laughs> with the Nutcracker doll, who has a broken jaw.
1: You do, you girl. You
0: do, you. It's a mad story. It's crazy. Um, now, the next story we're getting on. Well, it's not a story. The next thing, uh, tale slash myth. are, and this is a really hard word because I think it's Greek or Turkish. Uh, the Karankankolos goblins. All right. Yep, the Karankoncolos goblins. Now, as I said, this myth comes from both Greek and Turkish cultures. I found that it also comes from uh, Serbia and some other places around that part of Europe. Uh, but I'm just using Greek and Turkish at the moment. So, the Karankin Kolos goblins, they primarily live underground and only come up during the 12 days of Christmas. When they're up, they tend to annoy people by pulling pranks and generally just being a nuisance. Now, one way to stop these goblins in their tracks is to leave a kitchen colander on the doorstep. Not uh, genuinely. What? A kitchen colander. <laughs> Thing you strain your pasta in. Right. Now, the reason why is that it's believed the goblins could only count to three, as three is a, traditionally speaking, holy number, father, son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm. And so, because the goblins can only count to three, they spend all night, trying to count the amount of holes that are in this kitchen colander they cannot fathom it they're like one two three how are there more (laughs) they can't do it and so they because they spend all night sitting um, trying to count all these holes in the colander uh, night ends up uh, coming to an end and the sun starts to rise now as I say they live underground so when the sun comes up they have to go so the idea is that you leave the colander out they spend all night trying to count it they never finish counting it And then by that point, the sun's come out and that's how they disappear.
1: (laughs) There's no gain from that. What do you gain?
0: No, exactly. I don't know. I suppose it's just like a little fun thing maybe to tell the kids. Be like, oh, um, the Koronkonkolis goblins are going to be out. You must leave the colander out. And they go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Got to do that. Um, That's so weird. Yeah. Well, in Turkey, it's a little bit more evil. Now... They can approach you in the streets, these um goblins. They'll approach you in the streets and what they do is they ask you a series of strange questions. Now, the correct answer, I'm not sure what the, the Turkish word before it was, but the correct answer in English is to just say the word black for some reason. Uh, that's always the correct answer. I think no matter what the question is, the answer is black. But if you answer them wrong, they kill you. Simple as that. <laughs> they just kill you right there. Um, Bloody hell! Yeah. No, that's done. <clears throat> and they also try to lure people out into the cold night by imitating the voices of loved ones, in the hope that you would leave and go out into the freezing cold night, and you would die of freezing searching for them. So the idea is,
1: what is it about people trying to scare kids at Christmas?
0: Ah, oh, you've spotted it already. You've spotted the link already. Spot on. Well done. Yes. You'll notice yeah. the link to all of these is just trying to scare the fuck out of kids.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't get oh, so weird. Yep. do it at Halloween. We've just had Halloween. Yeah, like I know,
0: um, but we, we'll go into that a bit more uh, at the end. But yes, uh, the idea is, yeah, it, they would lure you out with the imitating the voices of your loved ones. You go out looking for them, and you might freeze to death because you are staying out all night trying to look for this person that it doesn't exist because it's the uh, it's the goblins doing the work. which is, is a rather difficult word to say, perched her, Perchta, P-E-R-C-H-T-A, Perchta. Uh, now, she is an old Celtic folklore character that carries on into European medieval law, even though Christianity is around. There's still quite a lot of Celtic folklore still around. Now, she would spend the 12 days of Christmas wandering the frozen streets, peering into the windows of homes, checking in on people, particularly children. Now, if she sees the children behaving, she will likely leave a silver coin in a shoe or a bucket for the child. If she sees the children misbehaving, she will slit open their bellies and remove their guts and then replace them with straw, turning the children into Christmas dolls. That really goes one way or the other. Eh?
1: That really goes one way or the other. You either get money or you... (laughs) yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah you turn into a christmas doll which i imagine marie from the nutcracker would probably like and marry you
1: (laughs) yeah she'd love that
0: she'd love that (laughs) uh yeah so that was that that's perched from central europe old celtic folklore um then the next one i find quite fun uh just the title alone this is literally legit their name the christmas lads of iceland
1: christmas lads
0: (laughs) christmas lads 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 Right. Um, this is probably one of the really fun ones that uh, we have on the list. Uh, the Christmas Lads of Iceland, or Yuletide Lads, uh, are the sons of a giantess called Gorilla. Now, there are 13 of them, all right? So, um, I will do my best. The names are somewhat self-explanatory, and uh, they're also Icelandic, so they are very hard to pronounce, so I have the English names right. next to them. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go, because... Why not? Uh, and then I will tell you what the English name is and what they're there for. So the the uh, the Yuletide lads, or the Christmas lads of Iceland. One of them, the first one we will go for. <clears throat> his name is Stekjastar, I believe. Now, his name in English uh, is Sheepcoat Clod. He harasses sheep, um, <laughs> but is impaired by his stiff peg legs that he has, <laughs> for some reason. Uh, then we have right. uh, Gagar which in English is gully gork. He hides in gullies, waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal the milk. You've got stufur, which is stubby. He is abnormally short and steals, steals pans to eat the crusts left on them. So imagine, you know when you make a pie and you cut the pie out, you take the pie out and you stick it on the plate. There's just that little layer of crust on the lip of the bowl yeah that's what stubby likes to eat <laughs> right. and he's he's, no, he's really short <laughs> um then we've got i don't even know what this letter is but um i think it might be a th or like uh ruskiller which in english is spoon liquor uh he steals and licks the wooden spoons in the house <laughs> um and he's he's extremely thin due to malnutrition because it seems all he eats is what's left on spoons <laughs> <laughs> uh then we've got potter Skeffil, which is pot scraper he steals all your leftovers from the pots <clears throat> so don't leave any leftovers because otherwise the pot scraper will come and eat them uh, do you know oh, i've just figured it out that's how you get the kids to eat their dinner
1: by saying the monsters or whatever, the lads are going to come out. Yeah, otherwise
0: can... the Christmas lads, the, the Yuletide lads, Pot Scraper will come around and he'll eat your dinner. Like, you have to eat your dinner mm. or else you'll not get no more because the Pot Scraper will eat it. And then the kids will just gobble that all up. Ah, oh, that's That's probably what it
1: was all it's about. It's got to
0: be, in it? Because then your next one um, <clears throat> is the Askasklikir, um, which is bowl liquor. Now, he hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their askur, which is a type of bowl uh which he then steals. So don't put your bowl down, because he'll steal your bowl. God forbid if you leave any food in it as well. Alright? <laughs> uh then you've got the Herdeskelear, who is the door slammer. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night to wake people up. Uh we've All got right. the Skirgammer, which is the Skirgobler. He has a great affinity for Skir, or or in uh modern day we've got Skier Yogurt, the Icelandic yogurt. Mm-hmm. So he likes Skier Yogurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is possibly my favourite one, uh, is Byugna Krike, which I think, uh, again, so, apology if you're Icelandic and you're listening, or you speak Icelandic, or you know someone, I'm really, really sorry, but it is very difficult to speak Icelandic, like, it's totally difficult, uh, but this guy's name in English is Sausage Swiper. <laughs> um, he hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are left being smoked. <laughs> um, right. yeah. Then we've got the Glugagiger, which is the window peeper, uh, a snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. Uh, the Gatterbiffer, gatter, gatter is a doorway sniffer. He, <laughs> this one's quite funny. He has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate leaf bread left over. <clears throat> And then we've, the last two. They just like food. Yeah, they do I like a lot of food. Um, We've got uh, Ket Kroker is the meat hook. He uses hook to steal meat. And the last one, Kurtasnicker, is the candle stealer. He follows children in order to steal their candles. So yeah, th- there seems to be like a correlation between food and leaving food around. So don't leave food around. Don't leave food mm. on the plates or the bowls and that. Make sure you eat all the food you can get. Uh, and I, I i find it interesting that it comes it's icelandic uh which i imagine there's these cold nights particularly in the winter really cold nights um you're gonna need to eat your dinner eat everything you've got you need all the extra strength and stuff like that you know i think it might come from that yeah uh now the lads are also sometimes accompanied by the yule cat who's literally literally a big cat who eats the children that didn't receive new clothes at christmas What? what? <laughs> yeah, the, the Yule cat eats the children that didn't receive new clothes at Christmas. So you have like, that seems unfair. it seems unfair, right? But I, I can't even understand why they'd kill them, why the cat would kill them if they haven't got any new clothes. Did you get any new socks? No. no. <laughs> right then, get in. Right. Maybe that's why nans like to give Egypt. out socks at Christmas. They just know that your cat Maybe. is around.
1: Just capitalism striking again. <laughs> oh,
0: that's very clever, actually, isn't it? Uh, right. Uh, next up is Krampus. Now, uh, yeah, yeah we Krampus. all know of Krampus. He or she originates in Central Europe and is the anti-Santa. Traditionally, Krampus has ho- uh, horns, hooves and a long-ass tongue. Krampus leaves coal for the naughty kids at best. Uh, he whips naughty children to behave and at worst... Kidnaps them in his basket worn on his back, and either eats them, drowns them, or sends them straight to hell. It's a bit extreme.
1: It's very extreme. Have you seen the Krampus film? I think it's got Jason. Beckham. I haven't seen it, but um, I've heard it's quite bad. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> no, not Jason Bateman. Adam Scott. Same, same fucking bloke. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm aware uh, Krampus is like now part of the horror genre. Yeah, um, yeah, I find it interesting. You better behave, or Krampus will eat you or drown you, Mike. Mm. Uh, now,
1: Christmas is all about it's fear. all about
0: fears. Christmas, yeah. Now, the last two are basically creepy pastas, but we will call them yuletide pastas. Um, <clears throat> now, the first one is called Christmas decorations, and I shall read this story as well as I can read. Now, okay. Eleven-year-old Juliet lives with her single mother. Who's a nurse? Now, one night, Mother has to go to work and leaves Juliet home alone, but gives her the task of decorating the Christmas tree to keep her busy. When Juliet is finished, she steps back and admires her work when she hears a tap, tap, tap on the window. What she sees is a man in a big red suit who has a beard standing at the window. It's me. Santa Claus, let me in, the man says. Looking closer, Juliet notices that the red suit is dirty and tattered and the man's face doesn't look very friendly. Juliet refuses to let Santa in and says she will call the police. This angers Santa, who starts hacking the door with an axe. Juliet hides in the closet, clinging on to a coat hanger as her only means of defence. Santa finds Juliet and tries to grab her, but Juliet fights back and stabs Santa in the eye. Later, Mother comes home from work. She sees that the door has been broken in, and the Christmas tree has been decorated with the remains of Juliet. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Grim. Absolutely grim. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: that, is, um, that, was I believe, was like a creepypasta that was written in 2012 um <clears throat> so it's a modern one it's a fun one but yeah little juliet little 11 year old juliet is murdered by fake santa and she's now her entrails are now the decorations for the tree now Lovely. you thought that was grim this last one might make you feel sick i'll look forward to it this one was written in 2012 it's called christmas is coming i just realized this this title is actually quite dodgy Christmas is coming. Okay. Each each year, I watch you sleep. I like that you are still and breathing and quiet. And it's a game to keep you that way. Sometimes, I'll move closer. Carefully. Carefully running a finger across your sleeve. Touching my tongue to your hair. Letting my beard brush your forehead. If I can... If I think you won't wake, I'll open a drawer. I'll press a thumb into the contents and smile that you will wear my touch, unknowing, on your bare skin. Maybe I'll open a closet. Maybe I'll move something on the dresser. Just a little. Maybe you'll notice. I like that you might not. The cookies I'll eat, because why not? I'll think about you slumbering in the other room, and lick the crumbs from my fingers. I'll hold the plate on my lap, let it rest there. Eventually, I'll fill your stocking. Each gift I'll handle carefully, tenderly, before slipping it inside. I'll picture you in the morning, finding what I've left, and sometimes I'll have to pause and catch my breath. I'll think about this time last year and the year before each year is better than the last before I leave I'll take a last look at you I might whisper to you I might lean close to your face and breathe hot into your ear Merry Christmas see you next year ho 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 Whoa.
1: What the fuck just happened? <laughs> That's so fucking weird. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if everyone listening to this is no longer listening, because that just got really strange.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I remember I read that earlier when I was writing this,
1: and I was like, oh my God,
0: what the fuck am I writing?
1: That's so creepy.
0: (laughs) It's creepy as fuck, isn't it, that Santa is a proper pedo?
1: Yeah, I don't like that one bit.
0: Oh God, yeah. I mean, what is it? The the idea of Santa being a pedo is like just top tier fucking for jokes, isn't it? There's a joke I got told years and years ago that why is Santa Claus always jolly? I don't know. Because he knows where all the bad girls live.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: luckily this episode comes out as explicit on i think spotify so it's fine
1: oh do you want this one to go under explicit to be fair it probably should
0: it probably should because i don't think kids should be listening to this one because santa is a proper pedo by the end of it
1: yeah uh, I- I'm, i'd be shocked if kids listened to us anyway but
0: yeah i mean i thought i'd leave, i think i thought i'd finish that on a on a really creepy one
1: yeah thanks for that <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. Ho, ho, ho. Oh. Um, how was that for you, James? Like, overall, what the theme, as you spotted pretty quickly, it's to scare kids, isn't it? Christmas yeah. stories are there to get kids to basically behave. Mm. Um, otherwise, the monsters will get you and you won't get presents.
1: Yeah. And nowadays, it's just a lot nicer. You've got to behave to get presents. No one's going to kill you or molest no. you. Or yeah. do any of that.
0: It's like that old German story, isn't it, about that boy who wouldn't stop sucking his thumbs? so he had his thumbs cut off so he couldn't suck his thumbs anymore.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was all about scaring kids, wasn't it? Like, all loads of old stories. Um, Like, all the old, like, uh, Brothers Grimm stories, they were horrible. Like Cinderella, like, the uh, stepsisters, like, cut off parts of their feet to get it into the shoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're all, like, cautionary tales for children, you know, for the most part. Um All right. Well, I'm glad you glad. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as you can. Particularly the last one. I think that's good to end on a high one.
1: Enjoys a strong word.
0: <laughs> yeah, ended on a good one there. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this uh, shorter form episode. Uh, trying to get the Christmas spirit uh, into your lives.
1: I don't even know what to title this. Ryan loses his mind. Like I don't know what. <laughs> what the fuck do you want this episode to be called um
0: i i I think i think we should almost lie and just say to those that have not yet listened to this episode um ryan gives us the christmas cheer or or just title it christmas is coming
1: right okay (laughs) you'll know guys
0: listening right now we'll call it christmas is coming
1: okay (laughs) christmas is coming god help us all
0: (laughs) all right guys thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed it um I hope that last bit wasn't too much of a surprise and you're still here right now. Um, join us next week. We're going to be talking about uh, the horrific story of a young girl called Sylvia Likens and uh, the tragic, tragic murder of her. Um, yeah, join us that next week. If you can, Beautiful. drop us any um, reviews uh, on any of your podcast platforms that you are listening to us on. It will help the podcast grow. Follow us on the social media if you fancy that. And uh, we'll be posting more uh, pictures about the episodes we're doing. Uh, and, yeah, if you fancy getting into the Christmas spirit and give us a little present, you can, uh, head over to our Ko-fi page where you can drop just a one-time donation to really help out the podcast grow. Uh, www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do. Uh, all right. I hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week. We'll talk about some more horrific stuff. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Draw.